Today, the first reading is from Romans. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Second reading is from Isaiah chapter 41. Listen to what the Spirit has to say to us today. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for these words from Paul, from Isaiah speaking to us today, a word of hope, a word of challenge for the illusions of life, to trust that you walk with us. Help us to listen to the inspiration that you have for each one of us, no matter where we are on the journey of faith. Bless us to be people of hope, of trust, of faith. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As a child, I loved the idea of that we are not alone in the universe. I was fascinated by the whole concept that this is not just it, that in God's creation there are other universes, there are other creatures, and watched a lot of sci-fi. Actually, it's funny that it changed for me as an adult. Now I watch them and I go, oh, you know, sometimes I get fascinated by it, but not... Not a lot. Actually, the worst one I watched recently was that life one. You know, I, have you ever watched it? Okay, don't watch it. <laughs> it was kind of too scary. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking it was going to be more sci-fi. But anyway, the one I want to bring up today is uh, E.T. Any of you watched E.T.? When it came out, it was a big hit. And the whole story is about uh, a group of aliens who are visiting the Earth, collecting samples. They were botanists, so they wanted to get uh, samples. And one of them got left behind because they had to leave Earth uh, very quickly. And this little creature uh, came, and uh, I have a couple people waving at me. Hello. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> um, they they came and they, um, they wanted to get something, samples from the earth, and so he is trying to find a connection to someone to find a way where? Home, ET phone home. Uh, so he is trying to find this connection, and he finds this uh, boy, Elliot, and they find a friendship and a connection with one another. And I love that story of the friendship because at first what happens? can't speak, does not know earth language, and yet they communicate. 
Have you ever had that experience where you encountered someone with a different language and you didn't know what to say, but then you find a connection? You do. People are amazing. Um, I remember my mom, and this I didn't tell the story in the first service, and I'm glad she won't. She would never find out. You would never tell her. She wanted. To, she would. Uh, it was always a joke when she came to the states to visit. Her English is very limited, and so she was wanting to tell someone about a frog. I don't know what the the story was about eating frogs or something. You know, in, in the Middle East they eat frogs, but anyway. She was trying to figure out the word and couldn't think of the word frog. And she was going like this, you know, it hops. <laughs> she was, and then the, the guy, to our surprise, my brother and I were standing there humiliated. And then, you know, the guy totally understood what she was talking about. But that's how it is with us as human beings, even though sometimes we have barriers where it's language or culture or could be, you know, like the imaginary idea of an alien coming from somewhere else. We are born to connect. That's how God has created us. We're born to connect with God, with one another. Yet life happens where we feel separate from others. We sometimes even feel separate from ourselves and from God, and we need reminders. If you think of what's happening in our, in our world, a lot of the cruelty human beings are uh, guilty of, it's because they feel separate, that if you inflict pain on somebody else, it is not going to affect you. And that's not true. We know it's not true. If there is pain and suffering somewhere in our community, it is felt by all of us. It diminishes our humanity as a whole. And yet, that sense of separation is so powerful. It feels so true. When you go into your house, you close the door, and you feel like, ah, I'm alone. There's no one here but me. So today, I want to invite us to think about that illusion, if you will, and to think of how it affects us. And Recently, there was in the news in January, it came out that England uh, started something where they appointed a minister in the government to be the minister for loneliness. Any of you read the story about that? People were making fun of it, that it's uh, you know, a silly thing to have um, you know, someone appointed to a loneliness kind of thing. But they took it, they took it seriously as a scientific uh, health hazard, and this is what the New York Times article uh, said. At the end of last year, a government commission issued the findings of 12-month investigation into the prevalence of loneliness in the UK, conducted with the help of more than a dozen non-for-profit organizations. According to the report, 9 million Britons suffer from loneliness, 14% of the population. 14%. Among vulnerable cohorts, the rates are much higher. In a survey of the well-being of disabled Britons, half reported feelings of loneliness at least once a day. More than a third of elderly people reported being overwhelmed by loneliness. And of course, they make the comparison to other uh, countries, and they say that in Japan, elder loneliness is a recognized phenomenon. The chief officer of Age UK wrote, uh, warned that, that isolation, social isolation could be worse for a person's health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. 
So to think about that feeling, that sense. And sometimes life really does isolate us from others. But a lot of times it is our sense in our minds, in our feelings that we are separate. And so today, as uh, Kay shared with the children, as we've been talking about the pearls of life, uh, the invitation is to find reminders, to counter that narrative that feels so true in our lives, that we are alone, to say that we are never alone, you are never alone. And each one of us here, not only that God cares about us so much, but I can assure you that each one of you has at least, at least, probably 40 people that, that, are, that would be impacted, at least 40 people in your life. And you think, not me. I live alone and I live in a, in a new town. I've moved here. Nobody really knows me that well. But you'd be surprised how our lives impact the lives of others. And that's what the Bible is all about, reminding us of faith, that people, of course, are born with these instincts. We know that we belong to something greater than we are, but we forget. And the people of Israel had forgotten that God was with them. They felt that because they were conquered by the Babylonians at that time, that they were left alone. And actually, that was a common belief among the people that, that if the gods of the other nation uh, were more powerful, that's how they win over your nation. And so the people were feeling left alone, that they had been exiled, they been, they've lost their land, their country was taken over by another nation, things were not going well for them. So it's a natural feeling to have that where life is not going well. What's the first thing people feel when life is not going well? A sense of isolation. You feel cut off from love, from that sense of love. When you're feeling loved or loving, how does it feel? You see people on the street, you look at them and you want to talk, you, you have the sense of connection. But when life is not going well, when, when you end up spending several days in the house or in the hospital, how does it feel? If, you, if you've ever had that experience where you were homebound for whatever reason because you were sick or had some issue with mobility, how does it feel? Now be honest. Probably some of you might be saying, oh, good, I'm glad to have some time, some downtime. But for most of us, after a couple of days, pretty sad. It's very hard to be in that place where we're not with others, when we're not encountering people daily or talking to someone or getting a letter or connecting. So this invitation today to think about Isaiah, to pay, pay attention to these words, you are not alone. And to think that throughout the Bible, every time there's an encounter between God and human beings, what's the first thing? Do not be afraid. Don't be, fear not. Because people are just fearful by nature in the sense that we get scarred as children. You know, you see the little kids, they're full of life. They're, you know, trusting of people. Of course, as long as they have not been traumatized if they have not been separated from their families or there was no abuse in the family or there was no um, health issues, all kinds of issues. But normally, if, if all the conditions are good, you would see a three-year-old and how do they act? Fun, happy, 
Carefree. Carefree. And what happens by age seven, eight? They become aware that maybe somebody is judging them. So they're not going to sing really loud because what if their voice is not as good as somebody else's voice? Or if they paint, they're not going to show their drawings or paintings because they may not be as good. Somehow judgment enters into things and it separates us from others. And it gives us that sense we're not as good or we must be better. Whatever it is, we find that sense. So today, invite you to take this. I know it might be very elementary for you. You're like, oh, I know God is with me. I trust God all the time. But to really examine your relationship with God. And in your bulletin today, there are questions. Uh, I, I'm hoping that they're in, the, in your bulletin. I didn't double check. No, I didn't put them in the bulletin. I thought I did. But here are the questions that I want to invite you to ponder today. And maybe if you are willing to share with one another, if you're willing to turn to your neighbor or somebody sitting, and you know, I know I'm asking you to move if you're sitting alone, and you don't have to do this, but the invitation is to ask, what does the presence of God look like or feel like in your life right now? How does this presence of God in your experience, how does it connect? Um, and what helps you pay attention to that? Because sometimes, you know, we're really aware, but other times we're very forgetful. How might this God pearl be part of that picture? So, so the big question is, how does the presence of God feel or look like in your life today? So if you don't mind turning to your neighbors and sharing with them or having to go find a neighbor, it could be two or three people. <laughs> Hades. <laughs> Hot. Thank you. 
Thank you for taking the time to do this. Any insights, anything that you'd like to share? Yes, Ruth. I was reminded of a book title, I think it was. Thank you. This may uh, be more practical if you are retired. <laughs> but I was reminded of a book title that was called, I Married You for Better or for Worse, But Not for Lunch, <laughs> which applies to somebody who's just there. You're not used to it, and then they're there all the time, all day. And so uh, we need both kinds of times, quiet and with other people. Right. Yeah, quiet and with other people. Because quiet can help, uh, can help us center ourselves and be nourished by life. Yeah. Not for lunch. Come for dinner, but not for lunch. I like that. Now, I, it took me a while to get that idea. What, what's with the lunch? <laughs> It turns out my best friend lives in Maryland, and his son was participating in that UK study, uh, gathering data. Oh, wow. Small world. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So they, they did it all over the world, huh? Oh, he was in the UK. Oh, okay. That's neat. Yeah. Wow. It was fascinating hearing the results, thinking that it's such a, it be, it's becoming more of an issue because people live separate and alone and it's becoming more of an issue. Anybody else? Yes, Heather. Heather has something to share. Right? I think, and, and a few of us said this, answered prayer. You really feel the presence of God when your prayers are answered. It's just a wonderful, beautiful thing. Great. When we have prayers answered, and sometimes in ways we don't expect, and most of the time it's in ways we don't expect. We feel, we know that we're not alone. Well, during the hot coffee hour, I hope you'll share more of these stories, but uh, think about it where life is for you, how the Spirit is working in your life, and what helps you pay attention, what may be of help for you and that you can share also with somebody else. Um, I want to end with a story of, about someone who learned about this value of connection the hard way, and it's a story told by William Frey, and he says that he would, in his youth, he volunteered to help young people who struggled with different disabilities, and one young man he worked with had lost his sight. And when he asked him, he said, well, how did you lose your sight? And he said it was a, an, a chemical explosion at age 13, and I lost my eyesight. And so he said, well, how did it make you feel then? He said, it was a terrible experience. I felt so alone. I felt angry at God. I felt angry at the whole world, especially my parents. And I really felt 
so alone. And he said, until one day after months of sulking and staying in my room and, and being depressed and not being able to connect with anyone, my dad came home and said, okay, now I need you, this is your job, you've done it before, and I need you to put the storm windows up. And of course, the dad just said, if you don't do this, you know, there will be this and this uh, in terms of consequences. And so this young man, surprised by his dad's uh, demand that he said, here I am, blind, and you want me to put up the storm windows. What do you, what do you think, how do you expect me to do that? But I'm going to do it just to show you because I'm blind and I hope you'll be happy to have not only a blind son, but a paralyzed son because I'm going to fall off the ladder. And so he did it out of spite. And to his surprise, when he got up to do the job, he was able to accomplish the mission. And it changed his whole life. And later on in life, as he reflected with his dad and shared about it, his dad told him he was only a couple of feet away from him, never far away, but wanted him to have that responsibility. So it is the story of faith for us. God is always with us. And sometimes, especially in those times when we feel so alone, God is never far away. God is with us. But we have to trust and open our hearts. And to come to this table today, I want to invite you to consider what it means for each of you today, because I know it will mean different things for each because we come from different places. We come from different experiences. The week you've had is very different than the week I've had. This past week included a wedding, uh, several visits, some stress of trying to get things done, a college orientation, lots of things happening in my life. And I'm sure it would be the same way. Actually, a great evening on Thursday night. We had a beautiful evening of poetry and sharing stories. Lots of things happened during the week. So I come to this table full, full of life and questions and, and people, but also longing to be in communion with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God in my life. And I think for you, you might have had a very quiet week, very slow week, or whatever it was for you. You come to this table, we come because we all have this longing to connect, to grow in our love for God. And this is the table when we are nourished by ordinary elements, by bread and cup that have been prepared right here in our kitchen to remind us that God is with us, to remember what Jesus did with his disciples, gave them this gift to share with one another, to share life, to connect, to break bread every time they gathered. So I invite you today to come to receive this gift, to open your heart, to remember the God pearl, the God presence, whether it's through the pearl or through the bread and the cup or through the voice of a friend or through a prayer that was shared today, whatever it is that you may open your heart to the spirit in a new way. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the gift of this bread, for the gift of your love. And we ask your blessings on us and this bread and cup that they may be instruments of your love for each one of us, that we may be blessed as we receive these gifts to go out into the world and to share them freely, to never feel alone or isolated, to never trust those feelings when they come up, but to trust in your wisdom that you are with us, that you sustain us every step of the way. We pray this today in remembrance and in love 
of the way of Jesus Christ. Amen.